0: Meade Underwood woke with a start. Something had waked her, some sound, but she did not know what it was. It had startled her back from a dream in which she walked with Giles Armitage. Giles, who was dead. But in her dream he wasn't dead, but warm and alive, and they walked together and were glad. She listened for the sound that had waked her with bitter resentment in her heart. Only once before had he been so near to her in a dream. Sometimes he called her in a voice which wrung her heart. Sometimes he whispered and she could not catch the words. But in this one dream there had been no words at all, only a deep and satisfied content. And she had waked. They had found each other, and she had waked and lost him all over again. She sat up and listened. It was the third time she had waked like this in the night, with that sense of a sound heard in sleep. There was no sound now. Her waking memory had no knowledge of what the sound had been. Wind? The night was still. A passing car, the hoot of an owl, a bat brushing against the window, someone moving here or in the flat overhead. She rejected these things one by one. A car would not have startled her. It wasn't an owl, not that sort of sound, not a cry at all. Somehow she did know that. And not a bat. Who ever heard of a bat blundering up against a window? The floors in this old house were much too solid and thick to let any sound come through from above. And in the flat around her, no one stirred. She had turned instinctively to the window. There was a moon, but its light was thickly veiled. A luminous mist hung there like a curtain, hiding the night sky and the trees, which should have been massed against it. Two old elms, relics perhaps of a time when the garden boundary was a hedgerow, and the place where the house now stood, an open field. She went over and looked out. The old-fashioned sash window, too heavy to move without a pulley, was open as far as it would go. That is to say, the top half had been pulled right down behind the lower pane. Mead had therefore two thicknesses of glass to look through, and the mist beyond that again. She put her hand to the pulley and raised both panes. Now the bottom half of the window was clear. But the mist was still there, white with the light of the unseen moon, but quite impenetrable. She could see nothing at all. Leaning out over the sill, she could hear nothing either. The still misty night, the moon veiled, the house asleep, only Mead Underwood awake, brought her back from her happy dream to a world where Giles Armitage lay drowned beneath the sea. She kneeled down by the window and stayed there, her elbows on the sill, her thoughts bitter and sad. There hadn't been any sound at all. She had waked and lost her dream of Giles because she was a coward, because her nerve still played her false startling her out of sleep with an echo of the crash which had roused them all three months ago in mid-Atlantic. She ought to be over it by now. She ought to be well. She wanted to be at work, too busy to hear what she had heard that night or see what she had seen. Her ribs had mended, and the broken arm was sound again. Hearts take longer to mend than bones. She would not have minded dying with Giles, but he had died alone, and she had waked in a hospital ward to hear that his life was gone and hers was left to her.